You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time, as always, to talk to Joanne Bainham, who's from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. I was just looking at a few numbers the other day, and it, the backdrop to this is, of course, the big tech companies coming out with their results. And as you know, we're in the middle of results season in the United States of America. I can't believe how much money they're making. Everything from Alphabet to Facebook, Twitter, okay, missed a little bit, but the rest of them are churning out this cash. Isn't it astonishing? It is astonishing. And and that's why when a lot of people tell you, don't buy you, this technology is overpriced, you counter with the argument, well, yes, the valuations might seem high, but the earnings are even higher in a lot of cases. So as you rightfully point out, Facebook, Alphabet, just knockout numbers, Netflix, knockout numbers. I think the one ex- uh, one exception for them, does one really care, was, I think, was Snapchat. Uh, and they claimed that supply chains were causing problems for their clients. But, you know, no one actually took them seriously and the share price fell 27% afterwards. Yeah. But the, the big giants are making an absolute fortune. And, you know, that's the way the world's going. I mean, I think COVID, as you probably know from a lot of people on your show, have accelerated digitalization. We're living more and more in our world of phones and computers and, you know, we're not getting out enough, but that's a different story. But, yeah, these guys are making a fortune. They really are. And some person that's making a more of a fortune than anyone else is Elon Musk. Now, I heard from somebody that he'd given a couple of million dollars to Pretoria Boys High, uh, his, old, his old school. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the, the anecdotal evidence is that he did it reluctantly because he was bullied at school. And I, I suppose if your name is Elon and you look like him and you're the cleverest kid in the class, of course you're going to be bullied. So well done to him for giving money, if indeed this is true. But he's now worth nearly... Well, apparently, yeah. Lindsay, the, the story is they asked him for money. And yeah. This is the one I've heard. And he said, I'll give you money, but you're never allowed to ask me again. Yes. Uh, and, you know, so he got, he said, that was fine. I would help. Out. This was long before he became incredibly wealthy, by the way. Oh, okay. And he said, no, go, go away and don't ask me again. You know, but he has, I mean, it's a lot of us say he's Africa's best export at the moment. And I'm sure you've read the stats this week or someone's already told you hmm. that at his own sort of market cap for him individually, he's almost worth more than the whole GDP of South Africa. Yes, and there were all sorts of companies. Well. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was, I think, about five companies in the top 40 index, and you added them all together, and they still didn't equal his current paper wealth, incidentally. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's worth more than Exxon. I mean, come on no, now. It is, it's no, it is truly unbelievable. Story. Yeah. I, I know I've been guilty of this, and many others have said, you know, it can't keep going up, and, and yet it does. Mm. And, and people come up with the ridiculous notion that you must compare it to car companies. And the reality is it's not really a car company. It's so much more than that. It's an energy company. It's a battery company. It's, you know, they're now doing insurance policies to see how you drive your car to see if they can get cheaper insurance, but like the discovery model. So, I mean, I think to just compare him to a car company is a bit silly. But, but equally, when you look at the sort of price to sales ratios of how they value the company, a lot of very good things have to happen to Tesla to justify the share price. And so they're, you know, buy some, but it's a bit like buying Bitcoin these days. You buy it, but no full world that it could have on you very quickly. Yes, but on the other hand, some good things have happened to Tesla this week. And the one good thing was a 100,000 order from Hertz, the car rental company, which is also a good story. I mean, it filed for bankruptcy. Oh, it's a fantastic Look, yeah. it's a fantastic story. It I mean, started I, I selling could... off its stock, for goodness sake. It, it, it was down and out, and it was selling off all its old cars. And then suddenly some hedge fund came in, uh, some uh, hedge fund that 
specialises in debt distressed companies, bought it for six and a half billion, it's now worth 13 billion. And they said, okay, let's gear up and buy $4.2 billion worth of uh, Tesla Mark III's or the three series, whatever they're called. It's a genius deal for everyone, for Hertz, for Tesla and for the consumer. I don't know if you saw, I think it was a Bloomberg article today saying that Uber is also buying cars from Tesla now. So they're all jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not saying the narrative around this company isn't phenomenal and the good news he's doing, an electric vehicle way of the future. But you are paying a very high multiple for a lot of this hope. I'm not saying the company isn't a good story. So my Bitcoin was a bit tongue in cheek. I mean, there's, there's clearly a business there. Okay. But the problem is what you pay is not cheap. And if anyone sort of falls out of love with Elon Musk, for whatever reason in the future, you're going to lose a lot of money. There have been lots of stories like this in the past where people have fallen in love with the hype, fallen in love with the narrative and haven't made money. You know, I'm trying to think, oh, there was a company, um, I'll come back to it later, which also peaked in 2000. It's just gone back to its share price in 2021. And for 21 years, you've held that share and it's only just made you money now. And there are lots of tech companies like that. They had great stories. But you didn't make money because you paid too much. And I'm not saying Tesla isn't a great company. There's some amazing things it's doing. It's changing the way that we look at the world. But the valuation is just crazy. So if you do buy some, just don't buy a lot. Maybe buy 2 3% or 1%, but just don't go crazy. That's the all only, I'm saying. The only interaction I'm going to have with Tesla is when they do get their first deliveries of the uh, the Series 3 Tesla. And most of them are going to go to United States um, uh, dealerships or rather car rental um car rental uh, nodes uh, of Hertz, uh, but there's going to be some coming to the Netherlands as well, from what I understand. I'm going to rent mm-hmm. a Tesla Mark III for the weekend just to see what it's like. I've, dr- I've been driven in one, but I've never driven one. And uh, Look, I'm I mean, apparently they are phenomenal cars. Mm. Uh, and again, the story around Tesla is great, but I-, I think the price to sales ratio is just insane. And you've got to ask yourself, you know, how big does Tesla have to get to justify the current price? It doesn't mean you're not going to make money out of it. As I mean, Amazon used to trade, I think, at a price-to-sales ratio of 26 times. It's now four times its price-to-sales ratio. But you've made money, even though the ratio has dropped, because the earnings and, and revenue has just kept, kept up. So you've made a lot of money out of Amazon. So can Tesla go from, I think, it's 26 times price-to-sales at the moment back to sort of four but because the earnings and revenue are so enormous, you still make money. Time will tell. But, but time is not, you know, the market's not on your side when it comes to these things. When you pay too much money for something, generally over the long run, you lose money. And that's just something that's always happened in markets. Now, clearly, there'll be exceptions and maybe Tesla will be one of them. And I'm not saying don't buy it at all. Just don't buy too much because you never know. Okay. And the sad thing is that you'll never drive one in South Africa because there's nowhere to plug it in. So, um, well, actually, funny enough, I was talking to somebody about that today. Yeah. Uh, the technology is improving so much that you could probably plug it into your wall socket at some point. Yeah, right. You know, that a lot of those charging stations are about charging your car fast. If you want to charge your car overnight at home, I don't think that's true about South Africa. I think South Africa will get electronic vehicles in the future. But who knows? I mean, at the moment, as you probably are more than aware, we're at level four, whatever the stage four of load shedding. Um, so... Yeah, happy days. We're back here again. I don't see the uh, the Bainham household jumping in their Tesla, uh, driving to Johannesburg to for for a meeting and stopping off at Beaufort West and plugging in the Tesla. I can't see that happening for a long time. No, I can't either. But then I don't want to drive on that road. That's a different story. But but for town travel, for the twenty thirty k journeys, which a lot of us are doing today, because remember a lot of us are staying at home and working from home, we're not doing those long drives like we used to. 
I think there's very much a market for it here. But look, regardless of what we do know about South Africa today, is we're back to load shedding. And it's a, it's a huge worry for this country. It's a massive worry. As you know, we've got local elections next week. And I hope, genuinely, I hope when people go there and vote, they think very clearly about the economic principles of the party they want to vote for. Because I look at South Africa today and I, I genuinely worry about where our growth is coming from post the sort of commodity rally we've seen. We'll talk about politics next week if we can, Joanne. But otherwise, market-wise, what are you looking at? We've spoken about the big tech companies with a specific focus on uh, Tesla, which is a tech company, as well as a space Mm -hmm. company and a car company and everything else company. Uh, But what else are you seeing? What are the trends since we last spoke, which was two weeks ago? Well, I think the trends, and it hasn't gone away, I I think it's just becoming much more compelling. I've been doing a lot of reading on um, global climate change and the amount of money that governments around the world are going to throw at the problem doesn't mean they'll solve it, but, but just in terms of the budgets that countries around the world are talking about. And I think going forward, from a point of view, you need to have some sort of climate change investments in your portfolio. Now, I'm not talking about specifically about ESG, which is environmental, social and governance, because I think that's the way we all should run money going forward. I'm talking about sort of more impact investing, investing in companies that will make money out of solar, renewables, you know, clean energy, um, those sort of things. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on, trying to find some new ideas. Uh, the carbon credit market's also quite interesting. I think we have to start thinking outside the box here in terms of different opportunities. Um, I'm also looking at private equity, but it's such a difficult thing to access for clients because of the illiquidity issues. And I believe there are one or two SPACs coming to the market that might be quite interesting in terms of private clients or retail investors being able to access private equity. Because, as you, again, private equity are these companies that often don't come to market for many years, but you still want to enjoy the growth rates they're enjoying and in different areas, sort of biotech, genome mapping, you know, electronic vehicles, et cetera. So I think that's something I'm keeping an eye on. And then, yeah, we still hold quite a lot of cash for clients because irrespective of the fact that markets are going to new highs daily, you know, I, I am worried. Inflation is not going away. Yes, maybe it's coming off a little bit. And, you know, as I said, we never thought it were 1970s style inflation was coming our way. But I do worry that markets are just way too complacent. Um, I think the Fed is going to raise rates next year. I think you're going to see tighter monetary policy coming our way. And I think markets are just all a little bit too relaxed. Though having said that, we've had knockout earnings from the tech companies. So maybe that's what's keeping the market alive. Uh, From an opportunity perspective, and given that I think global growth will be okay, I'm not in the stagflation camp, I, I do think there's some very good opportunities still in the sort of cyclical elements of the market, sort of so-called value shares. So that's something else I'm looking at. I think for the last couple of months of 2021 and looking forward to 2022, exactly what you said, start to think a little bit laterally. I mean, I'm looking at an index of all sorts of different commodities and all sorts of different asset classes, and I'm looking at EU carbon permits, and Mm -hmm. apparently this is tradable. 80.44% up year to date. 80.44% 80.44% already up. So this is this is one to watch, I think. Carbon permits. Yeah, look, I, I think I, I, I personally have to do a lot more homework in this area, but it's something that has piqued my interest. In the carbon credit market specifically, you get voluntary carbon credits. So companies are actually trading in the US now on voluntary carbon credits, so it's not government-led. And then you get the regulated carbon credit market. The problem with the regulated carbon credit market, it can collapse very quickly if government just change a few rules. But in the voluntary one where people are saying, I want to do the right thing, I want to, uh, you know, increase, reduce my carbon footprint, I want to do the right thing by my customers, I think that market's going to grow. And if you just look what government's going to spend uh, and the ability to try and get us to net zero, 
I think this is a very interesting opportunity, but again, I need to do my homework, but I'm looking for uncorrelated assets. I'm looking for things that just don't all about, you know, what's the Fed's policy next week or what is inflation doing next week or did growth surprise or not surprise. I'm looking for some different ideas to generate returns for clients. Very good. Keep on looking. Joanne, thanks so much for your time. That's <laughs> Joanne Vainham from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.